Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, we are in our final week of our uh, series called Spirit and Life. And I just want to give you a quick little heads up. Next week, we're kicking off a new series called Summer and Psalms. And uh, the reason why we're doing that is because we all travel, we all uh, go a lot of play, well, maybe not now with inflation, but hey, 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 staycation has become the new norm. But uh, uh, we tend to all travel during the summer, and um, we want to talk about some things that can be really life uh, changing, but not in such a way to where they build on top of each other. So you can miss a week here and there and uh, still not be missing something. And so we're going to be kicking that off. Uh, Kim's going to share a little bit about that series um, at the end of the service today. And uh, she's going to share a way that you can participate next week with next week being Father's Day. What's up, guys? Just ladies, just giving you a heads up. Father's Day in seven days. Um, but uh, she'll share a little bit. Uh, about that later in the service today. But uh, today I want to I want to bring this series to to a close. And I want to talk to you from uh, the title releasing the power of God's word in our life. Releasing the power of God's word in our life. And the reason why I think this is a good a good way to land the plane is because I I think if we don't get um, we can't get Christianity right if we get the Bible wrong, right? We can't get Christianity right if we're gonna get the Bible wrong. And one thing that we see in, in America today, and we, you probably have experienced it in your life, is, is the problem with us uh, followers of Christ in America um, is not as much that, that, that we can't put down the Bible, it's more that we don't pick up the Bible. And so I wanna talk a little bit today about how we can release the power of God's word in our life because I don't know about you, I don't wanna live with people telling me there's all these promises about God's word and me never experiencing them in my own life. And so I wanna share with you today how we can do that. Hey, would you pray with me real quick as we prepare our heart for what the Lord wants to say? Hey, give me your best voice today. Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I don't know if you know this, but the, um, the effectiveness of God's word in our life is up to us. Let me phrase it this way. The effectiveness of God's word in your life is up to you. Now, I'm not saying the truthfulness of God's word because that's God's job, right? It's the effectiveness of of God's word is up to us. And we see Jesus, <clears throat> whoa, <coughs> holy moly, I've never done that before. <clears throat> we see Jesus, oh my gosh, hold on a second. Have you guys ever stood on a platform and had something really embarrassing happen and everybody's staring at you at the same time? <laughs> It's awesome. You should try it sometime. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but <clears throat> we see this reality with Jesus. Jesus, um, Jesus is on a tear in Matthew chapter nine. 
he's doing the Jesus thing. Like he is, he's preaching, he's healing people, like miracles are happening. And then he makes this statement in Matthew chapter nine, verse 29, that I think, um, I think it's one of those statements that we can read and it sounds good and we kind of go right by it and don't recognize the significance in our life. Jesus is, he's about to heal two blind men. And he says this, he says in, in verse 29 of Matthew 9, he says that it shall be done for you according to your faith. That it shall be done for you according to your faith. It's an interesting way for Jesus to make a statement about the type of things that we experience and what happens in our life that that it's to you according to your faith. I, th I think what Jesus is getting at in this statement is that, that what we choose determines what we experience. That what we choose in life determines what we experience in life. In other words, you and I, we get a, we get a choice in how effective God's word is gonna be in our life. You and I, have a choice in how blessed our life is as we follow Christ. You and I have a choice of whether or not our past and, and the things that we've done and experienced in our past, if those things influence our future. Jesus is like, listen, it shall be done to you according to your faith. You know, I've learned in following the Lord for 25 years now, that there's no great thing that God wants to do in my life that doesn't require a step of faith. Maybe you've been there, maybe you've experienced in your life, or maybe you come in today and you're thinking, hey, this church thing, it's nice. Like if I start going to church, I can raise my hand and pray and life is perfect, nothing ever happens. And I just shower the blessings, Lord, shower the blessings. But the reality is, the reality is that every great thing that God wants to do in your life requires a step of faith. We see the apostle Paul, he commends the Christians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. He says, he says, and we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, you remember this from week one? When you receive the word of God, and that word received means that it's like a guest comes to your house, knocks on the door, and you open the door and you welcome a complete stranger into your home. Yeah. And so the idea that he's getting at here is that you receive the word of God, something that was foreign to you, something that wasn't really a part of your daily life, and you received it as a guest into your home, like in your heart. And he and he says, which you heard from us, that you accepted it, look at this, not as human word, not just because somebody said do this or this is great, this is the way to live your life, but you accepted it actually for what it was, the word of God. Yeah. Now look at this last part, which is indeed at work in you who what? Believe. Who believe. But the word of God is at work in you, in those of you who believe, which means conversely on the other side of that, what does it mean? That it's, it's not at work in those who don't believe. 
And I think that's a reality that we see a lot in our culture today. A reality of we can, we can hold on to the, the Bible, we can, we can say that we believe it, but we don't really show it in the way that we live our lives. And then we get frustrated because things aren't happening in our life the way that we thought they would or we hoped that they would. And what we see in scripture is there is a direct connection between the word of God being active and alive in our life and our faith. That's why Paul scolded the, the Hebrews when he wrote in Hebrews chapter four, verse two, he said, for we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did. But the message that they heard was of no value. That it wasn't of value. Why? Because they didn't share the faith of those who believed. The Living Bible puts it this way, that, that it didn't do them any good because they didn't believe it. That they didn't mix it with faith. That they didn't mix God's word with faith. And church, what a shame. What a missed opportunity it would be in our lives if, if we live this kind of this faith out, this, this, this following Christ in our life and we kind of check the box and when the survey goes out, you know, how many of you are a Christian and you check the box, but there is this disconnect in your life that you've got this like Christianity, but there's no power that's there. And the reason why there's no power there is because it's not connected to, to faith. I mean, if Jesus really meant what he was talking about when he said, according to your faith, then what we choose in life determines what we experience in life. And today what I want to do is I want to give you four choices, four choices that you and I have to make in our life in order for God's word to become active, alive, powerful in our lives. These four, they're not complicated, but they're necessary. And the first one is we've got to choose to read it. We've got to choose to read it. Seems kind of like obvious, but if you look at the statistics, 87% of Americans have Bibles. 87%, I mean, think about that. 87% of Americans have at least one Bible in their house. But studies also show that only 16% of Christians out of that, right, right? Christians is a subcategory outside of Americans that only 16% of Christians read the Bible every day. To me, when I step back from that, a couple things began to illuminate, began to make sense. We see where our country is. We see, um, we, we see how this, this growing increase in, in people that are so disconnected from faith, they don't want anything to do with faith. We see an increase in, 
in a form of Christianity? What does the Bible say about the last days that, that, that people are going to gravitate to places that, that are tickling their ears, right? Places they're, they're going to gravitate towards churches that are, are speaking things that make them feel good, right? That align with their personal theology or, or a nation's theology. That's, that is the, 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 the prophecy of the end times. I don't know, but I'm seeing a lot of that. I mean, we are definitely in the last of the last days. But I think one of the reasons why there's such a disconnect in the Christian faith is because so many of us struggle to make this a part of our everyday life. We struggle to connect God's word and our faith. And I've learned that the word cannot be at work in us if the word is not in us, right? <laughs> it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. Um, if you've ever gotten sick and had to go to a doctor before, right? And you go to the doctor and you go in there and you're hacking up a lung and you're all sick and, and the doctor prescribes you um, a prescription, um, an antibiotic or whatever it is, a prescription um, that is going to make you better. It's going to make that sickness go away. And I think, I think so often in our life, we kind of like, we kind of have the prescription, but we don't ever use it, right? Dr. Hans knows what I'm probably talking about. He's probably prescribed many medications and they come back and they haven't used it, right? It's like having a bottle of medication on the nightstand and wondering why am I not getting any better? And it's because we're not using the medication, and maybe that's how it is in our life. That maybe what happens is, is we have this amazing word of God that is, is the, the medicine that we need in our lives to be able to experience God's absolute best in our lives, but it's sitting on the nightstand. And we're always asking ourselves, why is our life so bad? Like, why are things happening to us this way? Why am I not sensing God working in my life? Why am I not seeing any miracles in my own life? Why am I not seeing any financial breakthrough in my own life? And maybe, maybe, just maybe, just maybe God has given us this prescription and we've placed it on the nightstand wondering why things never get better. I mean, if we're going to experience the power of God's word in our everyday life, then we have to read his word every day of our life. The psalmist said this in Psalm 119.11. He says, I've hidden your word in my heart. If you got your Bible, circle that word hidden. He said, I've hidden your word in my heart. That word hidden also means um, treasure. Like it's this idea, like they didn't have any like banks back in the Bible days, right? And so it's this idea of hiding what is of value to you. And the psalmist is like, if I'm going to live a life that's pleasing to God, if I'm not going to, if I'm going to try to do my best to not sin against you, God, I've got to treasure your word and I've got to hide it in my heart. Now, here's one thing about that, that I want to take some pressure off of some of you today. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that you've got to read the entire Bible in a year. 
I've not found that verse. Um, I've not found that verse yet. I, I personally think that whoever came up with that idea was somebody that liked to read and has made many of us miserable for years. <laughs> I mean, I think, of, I think of how many people I know through the years that have been well-intentioned and they love the Lord, but they experience this, what I would call Bible guilt, right? I, I don't, I've had this, like maybe you have not, but I've had this where, where you, um, you join a Bible reading plan right? Maybe it's on your phone or maybe it's a printed out copy or online and you join a Bible reading plan and you do good for like the first week, right? And then all of a sudden like life gets busy and you miss a day um, and then you miss another day, right? And then the Bible guilt starts setting in and you feel so guilty because you're so far behind that you look at that and you're like, oh, I just, I can't even catch up to it. And then you just stop. It happens, don't it? I mean, I like to think of reading the Bible this way. Like, not every meal that we eat in our life is a five-course meal with white tablecloth and candles. I mean, our knee-jerk is to be like, wow, that would be amazing to have that every single meal. But listen, when we go on cruises and we eat all this like fancy food, when I come back from a cruise, I just want a nasty old cheeseburger, right? Like I'm tired of eating the fancy food, but, but the reality is, is sometimes in life we're in a hurry. Sometimes in life we've got to, we got to grab a protein bar on the way out of the house to be able to get to work in time. And I think that, I think when it comes to, to reading God's word and making that a part of our life, that I think it's similar to our diet, that there's so, we do need to make opportunities for us to sit down and to spend an hour just, just consuming God's word and just reading it. But not every day has got to look like that. Like maybe some days is a protein bar and we're going to grab a, a scripture or two in the car before we head into work and, and we're going to read that and we're going to, and we're going to say, God, God, what do you want to say to me today through your word? And then we spend the rest of the day just thinking about that one verse that we read. I think so many times we, we put this expectation on us that we've got to, we've got to be reading two hours a day and we got to be praying two hours a day. And, but I think when we look at scripture, it's this lifestyle of it just being weaved into our life. Like, like pray without ceasing, right? It's this idea of like, I may not, I got kids running all over the house. I may not be able to have 30 minutes of quiet time. I can get in the living room, but here's what I can do. When I'm cleaning or when I'm going to work, I can be praying. I could be speaking his word over my life. It could be a part of my everyday routine. Because if you think about it, right? If you think about if we were just eating the fancy food or just eating the quick food, like our body has to have variety. I mean, I think about that guy that ate McDonald's for 30 days, every meal. Uh, he kind of regretted that, right? Our, <laughs> we can't just go off of one verse a day for the rest of our life, that there's got to be a variety in our life. But at the end of the day, this is what we have to settle in our heart and to recognize is that reading our Bible is less about trying to get through the content and it's more about us consuming it. 
It's less about just reading through the content and it's more about us consuming it and hiding it in our heart. So the first choice that we got to make is we've got to read it. The second choice is we got to believe it. Have you ever had like those moments where you just kind of open the Bible and you read it and then like a chapter later you realize I've been reading, but I don't like, I'm just, what did I just read? Right. You like totally like space out and you're like a chapter or two later. And, um, man, you guys are, I know I do. <laughs> I know I've got that, those times where I'm just, I'm sitting, I'm reading and then I don't even realize what, 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 what I've read. You know, there is this, it, we, it's not just about getting the word, reading it. It's about consuming it. It's about taking that and activating it into our life and believing it. I mean, we've got to understand that faith isn't a feeling. Faith is a choice, right? Like faith isn't something that just kind of builds because we feel like it, right? Faith is something that we have to choose. Like I'm going to choose to believe despite what I see, but choose to believe despite what I feel. I mean, if the word of God is going to become alive and active, like Hebrews four said, then, then we've got to take, um, we've got to take like this prayer, like the Joe, Joe Osteen prayer, um, that he says at the beginning, he says, this is my Bible. He says, I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. It's like this this mentality of believing that this, what I read is not just about getting a few chapters in, but this is what my life can look like. These are the promises that God have for me. Now the pro tip to this, pro tip, pro tip, here we go, pro tip. The pro tip is do you know why people struggle to believe God's word? Is because his word was designed to be in conjunction with relationship. And oftentimes what happens is, is we are off the relationship and we try to read that and we wonder why it doesn't have the power that everybody says that it has, but it's because it was designed to be a part of relationship. Like, like I got friends, you got friends. If a complete stranger comes up and says, Hey, trust me, I'm going to do this means very nothing, nothing. Right. But if a friend comes to you and says, Hey, I'm going to do this then you trust them because they're a friend. And it's the same idea with scripture, that if we're reading the Bible absent of relationship, then when we read the promises of God over our life, we don't trust it because there's no relationship there. But when we begin to develop the relationship, then we begin to activate the promises in our life because then as we read through that, we recognize that what God did then, he will do now that wherever I've been in my life, that God has promises for my future. And we read this and it becomes active and alive in our life. And that's why Paul could write this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. This is huge, huge. Watch this. He says, this is why I'm suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it for I know the one whom, I'll get to that in a second, whom, I trust. And I am sure that he is able to guard, look at this, what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. 
If you got your Bible, circle that word whom and circle the word entrusted. You see, I think part of the problem that we have in living this what seems to be powerless faith is that it's two things. Is one is that we have put our trust in something, not someone. Right? <laughs> we put it in something. Here's what it looks like in our life. Like, like I'm going to go to church. I'm going to try to do better with my life. And the mentality of that is that, that because I do that, like, like, all of a sudden, my marriage is going to get better. My finances are going to get better. Like, life's going to be happier. Like, my kids aren't going to be such a pain in the neck. Like, <laughs> like we have this, like, this idea of what happens. And then when that doesn't happen the way, right, the way that we thought it would, like, when instead of the business taking off, the business crashes. Instead of the marriage taking off, the marriage crashes. Instead of our kids graduating and they're like in love with Jesus and in the church and everything's going great, like they're struggling with drugs and focus all over the place. Like, and what happens is, is it ends up pulling us away from our relationship with God because we have built our trust around something happening in our lives rather than someone. And when we build it around something instead of someone, then we stop entrusting our stuff with God because everything now revolves around something happening rather than someone. And that's why we can find ourselves in these, in these seasons in our life where maybe we're struggling with separation in our marriage, maybe our finances are struggling. I mean, today, like you got a baby and you can't even find baby formula, right? Like you're struggling, you're frustrated. Maybe you're here and you're, and you're struggling to get pregnant or maybe you're here and, and, and your struggle is to stay pregnant. Like you've, you've had miscarriages and it just weighs you down. Andrew and I have had three miscarriages. We get it. Maybe you're here today and you've been blindsided by a bad diagnosis. Maybe you're here today and you're blindsided by a son who out of nowhere got in a motorcycle accident and almost lost his life. That in those seasons when we put our trust in someone rather than something, we may not be able to understand the why behind what happens, but we can understand the whom that's in control of our life. In Romans chapter 8 verse 31 says, what then shall we say in response to, to these things that if God is for us, he doesn't say what, right? He says, who can be against us? Listen, faith, faith doesn't mean that we never have doubts. Faith just means that we trust God despite our doubts. That we resolve in our heart that I'm going to believe God's word is true because I believe God is truthful. So we've got to read his word. We've got to believe. Number three, we've got to choose to declare it. Church, this is a huge one. We've got to choose to 
declare it. There is something powerful about reading and speaking the word of God out loud in our lives. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from seeing. <laughs> faith don't come from seeing. Faith comes from hearing, right? We would think that faith, like I'm gonna build my faith every time I see God come through in my life, every time I pray and, and that prayer is answered. But, but faith is built from hearing. And he says that is hearing the good news about Christ. Church, this is what Jesus did. It's not just something that, that is said. This is what Jesus did in Matthew 4 when he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, fasted for 40 days, Satan tempts him at his weakest moment. And do you remember what his secret weapon was to fight against that attack? It was declaring the word. He looked, he looked Satan dead in the eyes and started declaring the word of God into the situation. Church, when we are anxious and we're worried, like we've got to declare, like I'm not going to be anxious about anything, but in every situation, I'm going to pray and I'm going to be petition and with thanksgiving, I'm going to present my request to God. And when I do that, the peace of God that transcends all understanding, what is it going to do? It's going to guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. That when I'm surrounded by uncertainty, that I'm going to look at that situation and I'm going to think of Psalm 55, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. That he will never let the righteous be shaken. That when I keep like messing up over and over and over again, and I want to, I want to throw in the towel. I'm going to think of Proverbs 24, that the godly may trip seven times, but what's the difference between the ungodly and the godly? The godly get back up, right? I may fall. I may make a mistake. I may break a promise. I may do the things constantly that I don't want to do like Paul did in his own life. But the difference is, is I'm going to get back up in my life and I'm going to keep moving on. And my guess is there might be somebody here today and you're thinking, I want to throw in the towel. Like, Ryan, you don't know how bad my life is. You don't know how many mistakes I've made. You don't know how many broken promises to God that I've made. Listen, I don't know, but I do know this is that God's grace is sufficient and that God isn't the God of a second chance. He's the God of a another chance. That means when you work, you use your second chance and your third chance and your hundredth chance and your 500th chance. There is still another chance in the kingdom of God because his grace is sufficient. Listen, when we say with our mouth what God said, we began to think like God thinks. It begins to transform our mind and we'll be able to begin to look at situations in our life, not through an earthly perspective, but a spiritual perspective. So not only do we got to read his word, not only do we need to believe it, and not only whether you're an introvert or extrovert, not only do you need to declare it, but finally, we've got to choose to act on it. Look what James said in chapter 2, 
verse 14 through 17. He said, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say that you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. James is like, what good does that kind of faith do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds It is dead and useless. I think what James is getting at here as it relates to acting on God's word is that we prove that we believe by how we behave. We prove that we believe that we're forgiven by the way that we behave, by the way of moving forward towards his promises rather than being restricted from our past. Like we prove that we believe by the way that we behave. He said to James 1.22 that don't just listen to God's word, but you must do what it says. Otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. You know, as we close this message and we close this series, this is the mental picture that I want to leave you with. Is that as it relates to God's word and the power of God's word in our life, that it's a lot like a man who's lost in the forest with a map in his hand. He's lost He's trying to find his way. He's got the map that he needs to get him where he needs to go, but he rarely looks at it. And the few times he does look at it, he argues with whether or not it's right or not. And as a result, this man ends up staying in the forest, walking in circles, never seeing what life is like outside of the forest because he never took the time to read and obey the map. Church, I don't know where you're at in your journey with God. Maybe you're here today and you're still kind of kicking the tires of faith. Maybe you're here today and you've been serving the Lord for all your life. You can't even remember the moment. No matter where you are in your journey with God, as early, as long, or anywhere in between, that you and I can experience the power of his word in our life if we don't hide it in our heart, to look at his word as a treasure and to read it and to believe it and to declare it and to act on it. 
But if we don't do that in our life, it's like us living in the forest without a map. We'll spend the rest of our lives lost, thinking that we're going in the right direction, but discovering that we too are walking in circles. Church, my departing words to you in this series is this. Don't live life that way. Don't miss out on the creative breath of God in your life that will produce God's best in your life. There's so much more to faith and so much more to your relationship with God than where you're at now. Grab a hold of the map and read it, believe it, and declare it. Would you bow your head with me today? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And God, may we see your word as a treasure in our life. Lord, may we not live our lives with your word on the nightstand and wondering why our, ne our life never changes or gets better. But Lord, may we receive it and may we accept it and may we allow it to shape our lives so that we can become all that you've created us to be. With every head bowed and eye closed, I wanna to speak to those of you that might be in the room today or maybe you're watching online or listening later on the podcast. And maybe you've never made a decision to follow Christ or maybe for you, you did at some point and you've drifted and you feel the separation between you and him. You know, the Bible says that sin separates us. That unconfessed sin in our life, that it separates us. And so the more that we live life our way, the less of God we feel and experience. And today, if that's you, and you sense the Lord just saying, now's the time. Now's the time that you quit putting your faith in something and you put your faith in someone. And that is Jesus. If that's you today, I wanna to lead you in a short prayer, but the most important prayer that you'll ever pray. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward or the stand, but right there where you're seated, if that's you and you can sense it, like you can feel it in this moment, that God is drawing you back to him. If you would just slip up your hand, just put it up for a second and then you can put it down just as a, as a declaration to God that I'm ready. I'm ready to come back to you. I'm ready to quit leading my own life and allow you to start leading it. Yeah. Anybody else? With every head bowed and eye closed, if you raised your hand today, say this out loud with me, church family, say it with us. Father, thank you for sending your son to pay for my sins. Today I ask that you will forgive me of all my sins. Be the Lord of my life and help me to serve the who not what happens in my life. 
to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you give it up for those that received Christ and gave their life back to him today? Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.